Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the darkest timeline, and today we're discussing more climbing stuff. Yep, that's still a thing. Um, Christmas shopping. What is Mary Poppins? And uh, being cold. There are TV, movies, games... And VR, if you want to separate it out like that. There's plenty of entertainment stuff this week. So check that out if that's your thing. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. And the big one, the one at the top of that list, is share the podcast around people. Please, just put it in put it in people's hands. That's the, that's the main one. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, The Darkest Timeline. Hi, how are you doing? You alright? So, somewhat of a new sensation. As I'm sure you're all aware. Monday, podcast recording day. Tuesday, release day. Um, today is Sunday. It's a usual late time. For a variety of reasons, but... Also, it's Sunday for a variety of other reasons. One, got a ridiculous week this week. Already not looking forward to it. Um, but needs must to have an easier time further down the line, etc. As is recording this podcast on a Sunday. I have a guest for this week's podcast. Not this one. Um, so that kind of takes the place of the time that I would record this one. I don't want to be in the situation I was in last time where the guest episode ended up pushing the episode of this one back further and further into the week. So I made the executive decision to record Sunday night. All of which doesn't... Doesn't overly matter. Um, oh dear. Not a great start, clearly. A um, couple of climbing bits. One I should probably get out of the way to start with. Um, had a... Um, had a, a thing at climbing on... Uh, Thursday morning, maybe. Um, so, as is often the case, you start the day with a conversation like, what are you doing today? Oh, what are you doing today? What are you going to try and achieve today? And I'd kind of had it in my head that I was going to try and do some things that I'd never tried before. Like, I'm always saying, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do the other. More often than not, something ends up happening where it results in me being shown or proven or told otherwise. So, I kind of thought, oh, well, I'll turn up, and I will 
attempt stuff I've never done before. Mentioned this to Ed in the fact that he said it to me first. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. He was like, you know, maybe try some stuff that you've never tried before. Like, that's the plan. Um, But I like to get warmed up, especially at the moment. We'll come on to how cold it is. Um, But especially at the moment, it's very important for me to get warmed up before doing any climbing. Before I'd even got through my warm-up, Ed's like, what do you think to this? What do you think to giving this a go? This is something you've never tried before because of what it is. So there's a variety of different things. You've got walls that lean back. You've got walls that go straight up. You've got overhangs. Um, you've got walls that lean back. I think it's 35 degrees and 45 degrees. And then you've got these other walls that start flat, low down, and then they come back out on themselves and then they go like imagine if you put a hexagon on a side against a wall so they come back towards you and then they go up and then they go back towards the wall and then they go up and then they go out and straight up and back it's like two hexagons um and i'm like i don't i don't like the feeling of hanging when i'm hanging on my own um, sort of power. It puts an additional strain on the body um, and I've been dealing with some difficulties with my body anyway. And then you've also got the climbing aspect and then you've also got the fact that you're hanging and you're... There's a lot that goes into one of those climbs. But... He was right in the fact that it was, as far as I was concerned, above my ability. Um, and he was kind of, he kind of said to me like, "You said you wanted to do something that was out of your ability, or something you haven't tried before because you think it's outside of your ability. This is it. This is a good example." And he showed me what to do, and I was like, "I was a bit like, fine." You're right, actually. We've both said, I need to be doing something that I wouldn't normally do. This is a prime example. You are correct. Let's do it. (coughs) So I had some difficulties like getting on the wall. It's not my usual start. It's not the usual way I go about it. It's It's just not usual for me. So I had a little bit of trouble getting it started. Once I got it started, I then managed to do it first time. Um, if you climb a route first time, it, you you have flashed a route. Uh, I often make jokes about um, the other form of flashing. Um, and there was a lot of, see, you know, you managed to do that first time, no problem. And I was a little bit like, it was a kind of one of those like you were telling me to do it so I did it rather than you were telling me I should do it and I couldn't it's a little bit of a little bit of a different terminology um 
kind of hard to explain unless you know what I mean. I know that's how explanation works. Um, so that was that. And there was that part of me, you know, inside. I was proud. I'd, I'd achieved something. For me, a lot of the times, I could kind of take the day off at that point. There's a little bit of me that's like, I can go home now. I achieved something outside of my comfort zone, outside of anything that I would have ever thought able. I can I can say I am done for the day and walk away. Um, however, <laughs> that's not how it works when you've got 40 minutes of the day left. So it's like, okay, well, you've done that one. Let's let's do the next one along. Let's try the next one along. Get on the next one along. Well, he shows me how to do it. I get on the next one along. Basically managed to do the whole thing apart from the last hold. Um, and this was the thing. I tried multiple times to do it. But as far as achievements go, it was very much in the in that wheelhouse of that is still an achievement to go from I'll never be able to do those, those hold nothing for me, I'm never going to give those a try, to I managed to do one straight away and do the second one to the se- to the second to last hold. Um and I did try it a few times and I just couldn't couldn't quite throw myself up to get the last one there's a particular move that i just struggle with it is my it is my kryptonite it is my nemesis it is the thing i cannot conquer which is stopping me from achieving a lot as it turns out and we'll come on to that in a bit um so after a while, it turned into, okay, well, maybe this one's not quite for you right now. Maybe come back to it later. Let's try the next one. Moved on to the next one. Uh, again, it showed me how to do it. Uh, there was there was another guy there who was saying, oh, you know, you, you're missing a, a foothold out. And Ed's like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be interested in that because it's like it's slippy and it doesn't actually you don't actually gain anything from it. So you know that sort of thing. I was in agreement. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in that foothold. Obviously, it seems weird to be missing something out, but it does appear that you don't need it. So I'm happy to skip it. So it's my go. Um, and again. Went up it, got to the uh, second to last hold on this one. Same same sort of thing again. Um, obviously, time had passed by this point, and ultimately, it did end up being time to leave. Um, but it was an achievement. It was something I'd never done before. I've been through that stuff already. Um, something interesting that was highlighted to me was... If you ever think that you're not progressing, there is a tangible piece of evidence to suggest that you are. And I was like, cool, fantastic, wonderful. Um, Didn't... 
I, wa- I walked away from that experience absolutely buzzing. I was like, oh my God, you know. These are the times when I realised that I can maybe do it. It's maybe this isn't out of the realms of possibility that this is something that I could do. Things like that. Um, so, come back to that in a bit. Um, again, I've had to pepper the climbing through the podcast because ultimately... I understand that this is this is just what I'm doing at the moment. Um, if I'd have been doing a podcast 10 years ago, every other podcast would have been me talking about my simultaneous love and hatred for the game golf, the game of golf. Um, I often refer to climbing as, as it's like golf. Um, so maybe there's just an aspect that there is a certain combination of things that I've become obsessed with. I don't know if I was, if obsessed with is quite the right way of putting it. Anyway. So let's talk about something else for a little while. Yes, computer. Thank you for your input there. Um... I'm trying to I'm trying to work out when this podcast will come out. It might even come out in the new year. Uh, might it still come out this year. I don't know. Uh, what I could tell you is it's that time of year. It's you know we are into December now, so that means I can officially talk about the C word, not that one. No Christmas. Um. So. Problem for me is Christmas has been going on for about six weeks at this point. Um, this has been, you know, I say it every year, but this has been hands down the worst year for the. Oh, let's start Christmas in July. You know, the moment the children went back to school in September, it was basically Christmas. Uh, and I've said this a few times already, so no surprises there. Christmas brings with it, in some ways, Christmas brings with it nothing good. And what I mean by that is, at time at certain times, there are there's more traffic on the roads than you can even comprehend. I drove home from work on Thursday and couldn't work out why it was taking me so long to get across town. And then realised that it was Thursday, the first late night opening of the season. And I was just like, oh my word, why do we need this? So, everybody's miserable. You go, out into, you go out into the world and everybody's miserable. I was explaining to one of my children the other day that um, this time of year is the is the worst time of year for accidents. And uh, my daughter was like, because mm, the road conditions. I was like, no, you would think so, but that's not the only reason. Like, too many people aren't paying attention because they've got too many things on their mind. Too many people are rushing when they don't need to be. Too many people are too impatient for what for the reasons I've just given, and that's where accidents happen. Um, 
So being anywhere on the roads at any point in time is a nightmare at the moment. Being out in the world, also awful. And generally dealing with other people, pretty awful. Um, like, God. You go into shops and it's this mentality of... You're going to take the thing that I need. So you've got that across the board. And I mean, really? Does anybody need anything these days? I do think we may have reached a point where... I don't know if we need anything. So... (laughs) (coughs) if you take into account everything i've said uh i'm gonna tell you uh just it's just a little story about something that happened um on wednesday now now last week if you want to look at it that way uh me and my son were out doing shopping jobs we had um Something I will come on again. Something I will come on to talking about that we went to buy, <clears throat> and uh, a couple of other bits, and then we went to get a drink, and we went home. In that process, something happened. <laughs> uh. I said to my son, I was like, let's go back to the car and put the shopping in the car so that when we go and get the drinks, we don't have to worry about carrying these big bags and these big boxes. We don't have to worry. We can just get the drinks and go. So we went to the car. And immediately, I became aware of a situation. I don't know why. I don't know what made me aware of it. But I was aware there was a situation. There were cars in places there shouldn't have been in a car park that's particularly small. I was like, what is this car doing? What is this car doing? What is that car doing? I was like, eh, unless they think I'm leaving and they're waiting for my space, it doesn't bother me because I'm not leaving. So you can't have my space. So that's kind of that. So I put the bags and the boxes in the car. And I'm like, there's definitely something going on here. So as we're walking back to get a drink, I see there's there's this car that's parked that doesn't have a driver. Now, I don't believe it is a driverless vehicle. I believe the driver has got out of the car for some reason because the the giveaway there would be the driver's side door was open. There was a woman, a lady, sat in the car in the passenger seat, looking a bit like, what the hell's going on here? Looking a bit miffed. I wasn't sure if it was directed at me, because I've obviously put bags in the car and then walked away from my car. However, very quickly realised that wasn't the case. It wasn't me. There was an altercation taking place. Um... Short version is, 
a car pulled into the car park and proceeded to attempt to park. In the process of attempting to park, they were obviously too far away from the space, were going to properly reverse in, and a car has driven... <laughs> has driven straight into the space. Just driven straight in. The driver of the vehicle has got out of the car and then approached the other vehicle with that kind of, what the hell are you doing? I was parking in that space. Can't you see that I was about to park in that space? That's my space. You need to leave the space. Can't you see that I was attempting to park in the space? And the driver of the other vehicle couldn't have cared less. Now here's an aside. Here is an aside. The aside is this. This happened to me not too long ago. Um, a, a few, a couple of months ago, I drove to, weirdly, I drove to climbing. I know, shocking, isn't it? I pulled into uh, one of the only spaces, which at this point in time became the only space that was left available. I reversed in and I said, oh, that wasn't a very good reverse in. I'm blocking one of the cars either side of me. I need to do a jiggle. So I pulled out of the space to do a jiggle and in the process of pulling out of the space there was a car going past so i had to let this car pass and another car pulled up and drove straight into the space that i was doing a doing a jiggle now i had already parked in the space and i'd pulled out to do a jiggle some people will say my fault for pulling out the space other people will say well if there was another car in play and you had to let that car go past fair enough I can say this much. I was so very angry because there were no more spaces. I had to drive 10 minutes away, park up and walk back. I also identified the driver of that vehicle. And since then, I see the, that driver every single Saturday and as far as I can work out I will never forgive them for what they did they know almost nothing of this mostly because let's face it they're going to be completely oblivious because you know they're the only person that matters anyway as I am understanding the situation as it's happened to me I can understand the situation However, I was just like, what difference does it make? You are in a car park at uh, 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, so you're not, you're not working. You're presumably, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably, you know, retired maybe so there's an element of you've got you've got the time available the car park is small the car park is notorious for being full at almost all the time 
However, is next to multiple other car parking spaces. You can literally drive over to another car park and pull in quite easily and walk. It's within walking distance. So yes, pain in the ass, annoying, whatever. But it has a very quick and easy solution. So all I could think was, why bother? I get it. I've experienced it myself. And I'll never forgive that person for what they did. But I was just like, why bother? Why bother getting out? Why bother going and speaking to this person who just doesn't care? Just take the loss and move on. You know, like I did. Um, but that is very much it's almost like a definition of this time of year that to me is like there we go that's this time of year for you so going back to climbing <laughs> see what I did there I went Wednesday and Thursday we were all in agreement that on Friday they were going to change the walls. But the one route left that I had that I've been trying for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Still had another week left on it. And I was I was very close and I tried a couple of little like little hacks and I was at the end of the climb I discovered that the volume that I couldn't use because it was slippy had a rough edge. And could have actually been used all this time. And I'm like, there it is. There's the answer. I just need to use the volume. Put my toe on it. Reach up. And we're done. I was like, I'm going to get that on Saturday. So. Rock up Saturday morning. Did a three and a half mile run. I'm pumped. I'm charged. I'm ready. I've already had a coffee. Because my run left me just long enough to run over the road and grab a coffee. So I've already had a coffee. I am pumped. I am psyched. I am ready to dominate. And we go in through the door. And I look around the corner and I went, ah, shit. And yes, they had in fact, indeed, removed the one climb that I never achieved in that time. Oh man, I've got an itch. So, I had a real sort of, a real mixed bag, a mixed feeling about it. But I also had a realisation. A little bit later in the day, I was talking to Ed about a particular climb. And I was like, oh, it's like, you know, it's like this climb. It's like, you know, there's the, this, like I keep saying, there's this one particular move that I just can't do. And it's causing these problems because it's stopping me achieving what turned out to be quite a lot of stuff. And we both mentioned a particular climb that I couldn't do. And the reason I couldn't do it was it was from the early earlier days and it was this same move again. Um, and it was very much uh, 
Oh man, I was I was so close on that one, even in those days. But it was the realization that both myself and Ed remembered that particular route, and that particular route hasn't been there for three months minimum, and I mean minimum. Like if you look at the whole place, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're looking a two month rotation. So minimum of two months. Then there was the fact that there was um, a week of competition. And then there was the fact that there was a week where they didn't change anything and they just put woods in. So it's the best part of three months. Yet both of us could remember this particular climb. Now, Ed can remember all sorts of stuff anyway, so it's not that. But I could remember it, and I remembered it because it was a route I never completed. And then, in my head, I started going through all the routes that in the past I've attempted and not completed before they've been changed. And there's something about this situation. It's like it scars you. It scars your mind or your heart or your soul. Some sort of scarring that's like loss and regret and it's the weirdest thing literally since Saturday I've been like I can't believe they took it away I'm not I I don't blame I understand the principle that you know every week it changes but for me for me for me personally I'm like I'm never going to be able to do that climb now I'm never going to say I completed that route now so there's that so much so the me that is me that reacts the way I react to things to situations to whatever Refused to do any of the new climbs. I was just like, anytime the new stuff was mentioned, I was like, I'm not here for that. I'm here for other things. And I attempted some other stuff, and I attempted some other new stuff, stuff I've never tried before, and I got X way, and I, I worked out a route on my own, which was amazing. I didn't have any help. I was like, oh no, I need to do it like this. Like I was going up and coming down and going up and coming down and then going, oh man, I didn't realise I needed to get my foot up there which will get me higher so then I can reach and I did it all and it was hard and again I got to the second to last hole on this one and I was like, this is this is it, this is going to be it. I'm going to do an entire climb completely on my own. I've not been showing it, nobody showed me how to do it, I'm going to do it on my own. And I got to the second to last hold. And it was this giant bolt, like a, I refer to them as moon boulders. And I hate them because they are super deceptive. And I got to it and I put my hand in it and I went, you son of a bitch. 
there's not enough here to grab onto, to pull up on, to get to the last hold. So I can't do it. So I had to come down, and I was like, and that's that. There's something else. I'm going to come on something else. Um, so there's that. Um, basically, I tried another one after that, and I couldn't even start it, and I had to tap out for the day. But like I say, I'll come on to that. Um, right, complete change of subject. Complete change of subject. Um, I'm gonna have a. It's gonna be a rhetorical sort of thing because you can't answer me unless you write in, send me a message or whatever. You can't answer me now. So my daughters have been working through. So I say working through the two of them. They've been watching the Mary Poppins films. They watched the original, which they all enjoy. I've been watching the new one. Um. I quite like the original Mary Poppins in that sort of vein. I've never bothered with the new one because I'm funny with stuff like that. They've been they've been watching it. They've got a little bit left of it to watch. And my youngest daughter was like, can I watch Mary Poppins too? And I was like, no, because you're watching that with your sisters. So I was like, you can watch the first one again if you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll watch the first one. All right, cool. So we sat down and I put it on and, and we were watching it. And obviously... When you've got kids, you put films on and then you just wander off. You go and do jobs. It's an opportunity to get stuff done. So, a lot of the time, I don't see the films. Sitting down with a child to watch a movie is a different thing. So, I was like, What is Mary Poppins? Is Mary Poppins a witch? And I, all the things that she can do is, you know, she can essentially fly, at the very least float. She can make, like, inanimate objects move. She can transport all of them into that painting world. What is she? You know, she's a, she's a nanny, and she's a great nanny, and she can do all of this stuff. Bear in mind, another thing is, she's this great nanny, but... She was on the, the brink of getting fired pretty much through that entire film, wasn't she? I didn't see all of it. Um, so, what is... Is she a witch? I, I, I part of me feel like I should Google it. Um, so, me, me and Leanne watched a movie, a festive film with Father Christmas in and everything, which I'll talk about, um, and my youngest daughter watched Santa Claus the movie. So, because I was thinking about this whole Mary Poppins thing, I was like, also, what is Father Christmas? I... I, you know, I'm not, you know, I understand, you know, Father Christmas. But as a, as a character, what is Father Christmas? So, there was a point in time, two or three years ago, where um, they did this thing where they put 
Father Christmas up against every superhero who's ever been created. And Father Christmas came out as the top superhero because he could beat every other superhero. So I started going through and I was like, okay, Father Christmas uh, is immortal. That's the first thing. I was talking about it today. I was saying one of the things about it is that one of the sort of stories around it is that Father Christmas was a man. And he made toys for unfor- less fortunate children. They'd like whittle things out of wood. And he'd go around and he'd deliver them. And because of his kindness and his generosity and his uh, what's the other one Um, I suppose like sacrificing nature um, there was some magic involved and Father Christmas is is made immortal now in the version where there's a, a Mrs. Claus Mrs. Claus is also immortal and from that point on Father Christmas has these magical abilities. So, let's break those down. Immortal, that in itself, is pretty, pretty up there. Um, so, there was a debate about super strong. So, at one point, it was saying that, that he's super strong because he carries the sack. And the sack's got all the presents in for all the children in the world. However due to something that uh, this film that we watched the sack might be also magic and it might have like a portal in it but there is still evidence to suggest that Father Christmas is super strong Um, he can teleport I think we can all agree on that one especially nowadays when you know more, more than not the chimneys are blocked off. Father Christmas can teleport. He can manipulate time. It works out that for him to deliver all the presents in the world, he has to deliver some ridiculous number like 270,000 houses a second. So there's time manipulation. He can't fly. This is one that I think we can all agree. Father Christmas can't fly because he needs the reindeers and the sleigh. And, you know, in different carnations, it comes to a point where the sleigh is just the sleigh and the reindeers have been retired. And, um, well, presumably the reindeers are immortal as well. So, that's a lot of superpowers. And yes, I'm sure going up against pretty much any superhero, he's probably got them hands down beat. But what, what is he? And obviously, you know, Father Christmas is just Father Christmas. Easter Bunny, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Tooth Fairy. Is he a man? Is he just a man who has been gifted? Is it magic? Is that, you know, a lot of the stuff refers to like Christmas magic. And, you know, you've got that element of, for all the children that believe, he, that's where he gets his magic from. So is it just magic? It's not like a mutant ability, is it? 
something to wonder about. If you know an answer, let me know. I had a realisation today, just randomly. Um, it, today was a weird day where Sunday is very regimented whilst also being fluid, if that makes any kind of sense. Like certain things have to be done on a Sunday. Doesn't really matter when or how. But they do have to be done. So you see that kind of. Like the dog needs walking. Well it needs. That needs to happen in the morning. So yes you've got from. Whenever you get up to basically midday. To get it done. But it still needs to be done. And if you want to get anything else done that day. Then you probably want to get it done earlier. Do you see what I mean? Um, pack up needs making. Yeah you could do it at midnight. But do you want to? Would it be better to do it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon? That's what I'm talking about. So, my son was asleep. Me and my daughter, me and my youngest daughter had agreed we were going to sit and watch a movie. It's Sunday after all. Um, so, my daughter sat on the sofa. Blanket. TV on How Strange Dragon 2. Boom. I'm sat next to my dog. Dog sat next to me. Dog was very um, cuddly today. Uh, wanted to like lie and be huggy and stuff, which I'm all for, especially in a situation like that where, at that moment in time, I didn't particularly have anything to do. So we sat, film on TV, film on etc. And I'm like, ah, this is the life. I've got child on one side, dog on the other side, sitting on the sofa, watching a movie. Nothing else to do. Right at this moment in time. And this realisation hit me. That as, a, as, as humans, as a human species, our absolute peak once we've reached the pinnacle of human existence, it is to do nothing. And there was a part of me that was kind of happy and sad all at the same time. So, let me explain. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of half laid, half sat. I'm rubbing the dog's chest. Because he's laid back on me. And he's all like, ooh, rub me. And I'm like, okay. And I look across my daughter and she's happy watching a movie. And I'm happy and the dog's happy. And we're just sort of laid there and I was like, this is the best. But the aspect that was the best was the not having to do anything. Largely, you know, the rest of the time. There's always something that needs doing, isn't there? Working and house jobs and bill paying and etc. etc. So I'm like, you know, like in gangster films, a variety of different, you know, I'm not talking just like, um, like 
mob movies. I'm talking like, you know, you've got your British gangster movies, obviously. There's always that, that talk, isn't there? There's always the talk of, do the big score, do the big job. Leave the country with all of your millions. Go to a, a non-extraditional country and all that. And then lie on a beach, drinking fruity drinks that are brought to you by, you know, people, whatever. And just do nothing. And that is it. That is the peak of our existence. To reach a stage in life where you can do nothing. I'll give you another example. More often than not, when people talk about like like holidays, like the ultimate holiday is lying on a beach, reading a book, drinking a fruity drink, doing nothing. Lying on a sun lounger, soaking up the sun, drinking a nice drink, doing nothing. And I know that there are those people out there who's like, well, my ideal holiday would be a, a hiking holiday. Or my ideal holiday would be a, a whitewater rafting. My ideal holiday is, you know, going on a cruise or... But even that, ultimately, the, 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 the tip of the spear is to do nothing. Our absolute peak as humans is to do nothing. And that's one of the, the, the two things off the back of that. One, why is it then that we just drive into our lives so much stuff? You know, you, you've got to go to work, you've got to pay the bills. When you're not working, you want to do all these other things. And when you're not doing those other things, you've got to be thinking about going to work. And uh, Like, there's sort of the chains that, that bind you to life. Maybe that's why that is the thing that we crave the most, doing nothing. It's it's a strange realization to have. Let's put it that way. Um, it is very much winter at the moment. It has snowed for a couple of days. Not not snowed for a couple of days. It has snowed at a couple of points over the last couple of days, and it's the second slash third time it snowed in the last week. Nothing drastic, nothing major, but it has snowed. That is just to signify how cold it is. There has been a shift in our house. Um, I think me and Leanne had a conversation about it this evening where I was saying, what changed? Uh, currently, at this point in time, there are four portable radiators in our house. Um... Two of them are in what you could class the same room. Uh, two of them are in different rooms. Um, last year, there was one. I was like, what happened in the last year? 
uh, Leanne was saying that she doesn't really know other than the fact that she knows that it is just particularly colder in the house this year. I was like, yeah, but for years and years and years and years and years, it was like a like a rite of passage. You sat in the house, freezing your stones off in six layers of clothes, just riding it out. Can't put the heating on, it's too expensive. Can't put the electric fire on because you might as well just set fire to 50 pound notes so you just had to wear three pairs of socks your slippers thermal leggings and trousers an under armor a t-shirt a jumper and if necessary your coat wrist warmer gloves hat and if you feel particularly spicy a scarf you sit in your house and be colder than if you were sat in the garden. And I don't know I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed. I don't know why. This year it's just like it's no longer acceptable. I've been complaining like um my eldest and my and my son's bedroom is like an icebox. I keep saying you could, you know, you could store meat in there for the winter, if needed. And I say how miserable it must be for them to to sleep in there, to be in there. Um, and obviously there's that thing, you know, it's different when you get into bed. Once you get into bed and you get warmed up, then it just doesn't matter. Um, but I'm always like, I open the door and I go in and I'm like, my God, it's freezing in here. But again, I was saying, what's changed? Because that room hasn't always been like that. That room has been a variety of different things. At one point, it wasn't even a bedroom. And we were never in there like, my God, it's freezing in here. Um, our, our house has got a weird sort of structure for heating anyway certain areas of our house don't have heating so you have to make do with the you know what you've got the best you can and it's one of those that having had conversations with people about oh you know can we get what do you think about getting some heat input in this area it's always the same it's like yeah it's doable it's gonna cost you an absolute fortune to do it right cool that's that's great but I don't know what it is. It was like a collective thing this year where it was just, yeah, actually collect, you know, collectively sick and tired of being cold. So let's not. There you go. Radiator's ticking away at itself. Because the radiator's on, because I'm sitting here doing this. So, you know, put the radiator on. Um final thing for the week and then i'll get deep into the entertainment stuff for the week um good few months ago uh i had a an incident not one of those incidents just um uh, I, I went to cut the grass i had to plug a plug in i had to plug the extension in to go and cut the grass and when i did it i had to twist one way and turn my arm a particular way and all this <coughs> And I did I did a thing to my to my shoulder. In hindsight, I think I may have actually dislocated my shoulder. 
and like that thing where you where it dislocates and pops back in all on its own and it was really bad and it was quite painful for a few days afterwards and it took me a while to work out what i'd done and i just tried to rest it and take care of it and look after it something that has happened through climbing um this injury whatever it is has been aggravated Not great, not wonderful. It's got to the point where I've actually had to escalate to a shoulder support. Because um, it's really quite bad. And there's points in time where it's completely stopped me being able to climb in the in the middle of climbing. For example, like I said, Saturday there was a reason I stopped climbing and it was this thing. I tried to do something Saturday. I'd had to use absolutely every ounce of everything i had in my body to be able to do it uh and afterwards i was like i have significantly hurt myself here um as the morning wore on i knew things were not good however i persevered pushed on tried to keep going reached a point where i was like i think my arms are actually not working anymore and now my hands have joined in so made the executive decision to give it a miss I'd been there, you know, I do, I basically do 90 minutes on particular days and I'd done my 90 minutes. Simple as that. So last night I go to get changed and I take a sock off. And I go to take the other sock off, and as I push down to take the sock off, my shoulder completely locked up. And I went, uh, okay, this is interesting. What do I do now? How do I solve this problem? And then the pain started. I was in absolutely excruciating pain. Uh managed to get it to kind of unlock um and the pain subsided uh however a, a few minutes later i got in the shower was getting showered and it happened again and the pain at that point was the kind of pain that makes you think you're going to pass out and maybe also be sick um i've had a couple of twinges since then um a few today I've applied some deep heat, etc. Um, but it's one of those things, it's obviously becoming a bigger issue as time goes on. Today, something happened today where I was like, what exactly is this? Is this like some sort of warning sign or something? There's a point today where every previous injury that I've almost ever had all started hurting at once so the back pain that gives me the sciatica started the pay the arm that broke where it where it broke started hurting my um, arm and shoulder with this issue that i've got at the moment um there was a leg issue with um some like cramping and stuff all happened at once simultaneously all at once happened and i went 
something wrong here. Something weird is going on. I don't know if there's like a trap nerve, which is just linking into all other trap nerves. Because a lot of those pains, aches and pains and problems are from trap nerves. You know, or aggravated nerves, like the sciatica thing. That's an aggravation. Lower back that goes into a nerve or a, I don't know, muscle group or whatever. Um, but it's getting to be a concern. Like, I'm already worried that I know in a couple of days it's going to be like, you know, climbing again. Am I going to be able to do it? Don't know. Um, I watched episode three, four, five, six, and I'm going to say seven and eight. I think there's eight episodes of the um, Scott Pilgrim anime. I can't remember. Uh, not anime. Cartoon. I can't remember what it's completely called. I did name it in a previous episode. Um, just just a bit strange. The first episode, I'm like, okay, so we're doing the movie. Basically, scene for scene, we're doing the movie. And I was kind of okay with that. I was like, this is fine. Right at the end of the episode, they changed it. They changed what happened in the movie. And I went, okay, so we're going to do something original. I'm also okay with that. I'm also fine with that. No problems. Here we go. So that was that. As time went on, as episodes went on, as each thing happened, I'm like, yeah, it's a bit strange, but I'm I'm kind of okay with it. And then it got into, like, what's kind of the reveal. It revealed what had actually been going on all this time, who some of the like the secret characters were, and all this and the other. And I went, really? That was the... That was the best option you had? That was the best option you could come up with? That was the... Yeah, you, you, you ran it past other people, and other people went, that's absolutely the answer. Because doesn't feel like it the whole thing is just weird and i think realistically you've got two versions of weird you've got good weird and bad weird and i think it fell more into the category of bad weird it was just it was just a strange choice it really was a strange choice Almost to the point where you kind of wish that they just hadn't bothered. Basically. It felt a little bit like, why have we done this? So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I finished it. I'm glad I don't have to watch it anymore. Although it was interesting that they got all the, all the original cast to come back and do it. Though it was interesting some of the guest stars they had. So, you know, there was that, but yeah, it's weird. As I keep saying, me and uh me and Leon watched a uh, watched a movie and it was a new movie and it was a 
Christmas, a festive movie. We watched the film Violent Night. Uh, a film that had come out last year, I believe, around about Christmas. Um, no spoiler kind of thing, but basically, Father Christmas is real and gets in, uh, entangled in a situation where there's a hostage situation and Father Christmas has to help save the hostages by being really, really violent. Hence, Violent Night. It looked fun. It looked harmless. It's festive. Kind of have to watch festive films at this time of year. Whether you want to or not is maybe the way I would word that and move on swiftly before anybody asks me what I mean. Violent Night is basically what I've said. No spoilers, but I will also say this. It is also the movie Die Hard 2 and the movie Home Alone in particular points in the film. It's its own film, but it then goes, hey, do you remember Home Alone? And they're like, yeah. And they're literally like, let's do that. Like, okay, do that then. And they did, just for a section, just for one section, they did Home Alone. And it was fine. It was, because you kind of like, oh, no, really? But the way they did it basically worked. And there was this whole bit where it was like, this feels very Die Hard 2 to me. And then it basically was. <laughs> And it was like, oh, okay, so we're just doing that, yeah? Bear in mind that they mentioned Die Hard earlier in the film. It was a bit like, okay. And the two... <sighs> the two main guys, you know, the person playing Father Christmas, David Harbour, got a lot of time for him. Uh, the main bad guy, John Leguizamo, got a lot of time for him. I do feel John Leguizamo basically just plays himself at this point in time. He just turns up and they're like, can you do, you do you? And he's like, sure. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo was also in it uh, from uh, National Lampoon. Um, I don't know how to say it other than hasn't hasn't aged amazingly the surgery one of those where the surgery's gone way too far um i enjoy i i really did enjoy it It was an enjoyable time there was a couple of things in it um no spoilers but what i will say is uh father christmas santa's origin story i was like yes nice i like that also pretty sure that father christmas was portrayed as a character that has appeared that appeared in american gods like are they doing that character because that's awesome um so there was that side of things and it had just enough just the right amount of humor um so yeah it was a big tick it was a big tick in a box for me um I'm a bit. I'm not. No, I'm not a bit weird with Christmas films. Because when me and Leanne ran through the films that we need to get through before Christmas, 
there was a lot of them and I didn't disagree. So I was a bit like, oh, that's interesting. Um, enjoyable. I would give it a solid 7 or maybe even 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, computer games wise, something that's a, a bit of a weird one. I bought, played and finished a game since last podcast. Super long-winded version, which I'll try and get through really quick. Um, I own a game called Aspire 1. If you go back probably quite a way, uh, there was probably me reviewing it and just going, I just don't get it. I don't know what it wants me to do. Past a certain point. I remember playing it and I got to this point where I'd cleared out this entire base of all the enemies and had no idea what I was supposed to do. And that was kind of the end of that game for me. Um, I realized that there was Aspire 2. I was like, okay, cool. And they were like, uh, we want 30 quid for it. And I was like, oh, man, the problem you've got there is that I didn't finish the first one. I've still got the first one to play. I'm pretty sure I own it on both the Quest and PC. Um, I've never finished it. So I looked at some reviews and things like that, and there was a. It was very much a. If you want the stealth game that Aspire One was supposed to be and wasn't, then you might not find it here either. And I was a bit like, okay, I don't mind a stealth game. Then there was this super weird thing. We want thirty pounds for this game. Okay. Scroll down the page, and there was this thing. It was like, oh. Uh, uh, you can buy it in a bundle. Okay, what's the bundle? The bundle is Aspire 1 and Aspire 2. I was like, that's great. I already own the first one. And they went, yes, you do. So you can have the second one for £15. I was like, but on the previous page, you told me I could have it for 30 They were like, yeah, ignore that. I am denied about it for a few days, and in the end I was like, hang on a minute, why don't I just give them the 15 quid and get the game for half price? That seems to make a lot of sense to me. Which is ultimately what I ended up doing. I looked up some reviews, the reviews, not going to lie, the reviews weren't great. The reviews were, were very much like, it's a game that's completely let down by a lot of the aspects in it, and I was like... Ah, oh, it just sounds brilliant, doesn't it? On the flip side, the only review this guy trusts is this guy's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. So let's go through some stuff. You essentially jump into a robot, not physically. Te I don't know, telepathically or psychically. I don't know. Through the magic of technology, you can take control of a robot. Now, in the first one, it was a robot. In the second one, two different robots, a big one and a little one. They both have different abilities to do different things in different ways. Short version, none of that matters. You can achieve, you can do the levels, you can finish the levels with either robot. Basically, it's that simple. Try early on in the game, it tries to make you use the other, like the little one. 
but you don't have to. And because it didn't have to, I just selected the big one every time and went about my day. So that was that. If the robot dies, so there's this big thing about picking your weapons. So before you start, you pick your weapons. And the more levels you do, and the more guns that you take with you through the levels, you keep. So when you start new levels, you can pick the guns you want. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go and pick these guns. Okay. There was a point in time where it went, oh, you've lost that robot. Not through fault of mine. It was part of the game. You've lost that robot, so jump into the other one. Okay. I've done that. Where's all my weapons? I was like, why make such a big deal about picking weapons? If the moment you lose your starting robot, you lose all of your weapons. Again, makes sense. And on one of the levels, I managed to find the original robot and just take all the guns off it. Super annoying if you're in the middle of a mission and you end up with no weapons. Now, you can steal weapons from guards, unlock them with a tool, make that weapon yours, but you got to get it off them first. Um, another super annoying thing that this game does is you'll try and grab stuff, like you'll try and grab a clip to reload your gun, and you end up grabbing the gun that's on your chest. So I don't want that gun, I want a clip out of the bag. You'll go to grab a ladder and end up pulling your, your pistol out of your side holster. It's like, I, I didn't want that. I wanted to grab this ladder. So, yeah, the, the grab was super sensitive and also not at the same time. And, and probably the weirdest thing of all about this game is that I finished it. Now, I said to Leanne, I was like, hey, I finished that game I bought. And her response was, we played it a lot. I was like, have I? She's like, you've played it every day. For a couple of hours a day. It's not a couple of hours, but you you get what I mean. And I was like, oh yeah, I suppose. Weirdest thing of all was, I went back through all of the levels, and there's like eight levels or something. It's like, oh, it's not a lot. But when those levels take, like say, an hour or so to do, you're like... Okay, maybe that is quite a lot, in a sense. One thing I will say is this. The game is designed purely as a stealth game. It gives you all the tools of a, of a stealth game. However, if you're playing on easy, like me, there is absolutely no incentive to play it as a stealth game. You can basically get as many guns as you want and pick up as much ammo as you want... And just kill everyone. And you lose money for killing people. But I couldn't work out what the money was for. Because when you went to get your guns. It was like oh this loadout of guns is going to cost $10,000. Okay I have absolutely no concept of how much money I've got. Whether that's a good or a bad thing. So I'm just going to go about my business. And you let me know if it becomes an issue at any point. Which it never did. So, yeah, I just basically went around at each level, slaughtering everyone, and going about my merry way. Now, admittedly, I understand that that is the way that I play games. 
uh, given the option to not do stealth i ain't doing stealth given the option where you can only do stealth i'll play stealth it's basically that simple Other computer games. I have played and finished Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, not going to lie, this game has left almost no impact on my life. I played it, I finished it, I moved on. Honestly, if I thought it had any value, I would trade it in knowing full well that I'll probably never play it again. I didn't hate it. Originally, I did. Once I realised I was playing it wrong and I should have been playing better, more stealthy, ironically, and using the tools at my disposal, once I reached that point, I was like, actually, this isn't too bad a game. Um, what I can say is this. I couldn't tell you a single thing about the story. I couldn't tell you a single thing about who the bad guys were. No spoilers, but spoilers. There's a twist at the end. And I went, oh, okay. Because it had no impact on my life. As a game, it had almost no impact on my life. I can see why they sold it at the price they sold it at. I know it's a game that's a stopgap. And that's exactly what it felt like. Um, yeah, just weird. It's really weird to play a game like that that has no effect on you. Um, because I finished it, I moved on to... I've got this little pile of games. It's like two or three games that I got a while back that I've never played because I've had other stuff, i.e. Assassin's Creed, Spider-Man, etc. So I started playing Ghostwire Tokyo. A game that's had super mixed reviews. Uh, something I found out more after I got it. I have played the beginning. And what I will say is this. When the game was loading. And it told me all the different studios involved. And I saw the Bethesda logo come up. I went, oh sweet mother. What's going to be wrong with this one? And... Don't you worry your pretty little heads, ladies and gents. I found out very quickly what was wrong with this one. Bethesda haven't made a good game. Can we agree that it was since Skyrim? I meant to look this up to see how wild a statement that is. But part of me thinks that, you know, that might be true. Bethesda cannot make a good game to save their lives. They just can't do it. And what I wasn't disappointed with this one, because very early on in playing it, I was like, what is wrong with the controls in this game? They are all over the place. It's a first-person game where the only way I can describe it is the controls are like trying to drive a truck. The movement is like trying to manoeuvre an 18-wheeler. I made adjustments to the movement controls as best I could, and it made no difference. The movement is terrible. The aiming is terrible. In a game where aiming is way up there at the top of your list of priorities, to have terrible aiming, probably not a good look for your game. Um, 
already quite disappointed from from that perspective because surely movement is quite a key thing to get right. That, ladies and gents, is a Sunday night podcast. Uh, I don't know how it went. I don't know uh, whether it was any good. What I can say is that is the podcast there. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you next time. So there we go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another one gone. Another week gone. Another week to look forward to. Big thank you for watching. Big thank you for listening. Big thank you for being here. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Share the podcast around, people. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. And that way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this awesome cookie cast.